I started creating this program called E5 Collective. And the idea was that we would explore, hence the E, five actions that make up the whole of this experience where we can just start um, embracing life and taking on obstacles and looking at the positives there. And I'll just share quickly the five major parts of that class are prepare, endure, engage, push, and recover. And I just feel like those action verbs are things that we can do in every single aspect of our life to better ourselves, to bring us more joy, to um, embrace change, to facilitate growth. Hi, I'm Pete McCall. And welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. That voice you just heard is a longtime friend and colleague and a returning guest to the show, Miss Amy Nicotera. Now, the last time Amy was a guest, we had a very fun and a very informative conversation about how to stay fit during pregnancy. I will have, I'm going to replay that interview in another week or two, but I wanted to play this interview first. Before I get into the full introduction for Amy, I just want to say thank you. And I mean this, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Listenership to All About Fitness has been growing the last couple months. If you're a new listener, please go back, check some of the older episodes. There's some amazing content on there. This year alone, I've interviewed Kira Stokes, uh, who's Kira Stokes Fit on Instagram. I interviewed Kaiza Karanin, who's Kaiza Fit on Instagram. I also interviewed Dorian Yates and Judy shepard Massette, the founder of Jazzercise. So if you're new to All About Fitness, Check down, check in other episodes. There's a lot of cool content on there. And if you like the if you like the podcast, do me a favor, hit subscribe. And also take a moment, give it a review. Just hit the five star button. You know how this works. I'm an independent content producer. I'm an education consultant. I travel around, I work with different companies, I create curriculum to train to teach and educate personal trainers how to design the fitness programs to keep you in shape. But my goal for 2020 was and still is, is I want to make the podcast my primary source of business, my, my primary focus. I want to be able to expand to doing video. Right now, I record in my closet, and if I do, if I do, uh, if I do this in my closet, it's right now, I'm looking around, it's not really set up for it. So I'm really hoping to get to a point this year where I can record in a studio or record in a, in a place that's better set up so I can not only record the audio, but be able to start posting on YouTube start posting these conversations on YouTube because I know that's one way to engage an audience. So one thing you can do is hit subscribe. The other thing you can do is look down below in the show notes. The point is I'm developing content to help you learn how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. Now back to the introduction. Amy has done, like a lot of us, Amy has done a lot of different jobs in the fitness industry. She's been everything from a school teacher to running the fitness program at the Elite Spa Canyon Ranch. And now in 2020, like a lot of other fitness professionals, Amy has had to pivot. One of the reasons why I wanted to interview Amy for this episode was to introduce you to her virtual fitness studio. Like a lot of other fitness professionals I've I've spoken with, a lot of other trainers, instructors, Amy has met the challenge of COVID head on. I have a lot of respect. I'm very impressed by this young woman because she knows her stuff about fitness. She knows her stuff about business. And she has a very positive mindset. So what you're going to get out of this interview 
as you're going to hear Amy and I talk a little bit about, we, we reminisce about the last time we had a conversation, and really, I think you'll be surprised. I, I, I quite literally interviewed her at the end of her pregnancy, and I'll be playing that interview in a couple weeks. That'll be one of my flashback interviews coming up. And now, this, this time, this interview, we talk about how she's dealing with life in COVID. We talk about starting a virtual studio. She's turned her basement into a half TV studio, half fitness studio, and is doing online classes and online programming from the comfort of her own home. So no further introduction. Yes, I may say this a lot, but in this case, I absolutely mean it. One of my favorite people, one of my dearest friends, Miss Amy Nicotera. It's a pleasure today to catch up with Amy Nicotera. And Amy, where, where are you sitting right now? I mean, first, our listeners who might not be able to see you, what, where, well, number one, how are you doing? But then where are you sitting right now? I am doing well. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for having me here. Um, I think that actually the last time I was with you, I was Prego, and we had a little <laughs> discussion about that. Um, yeah. Sitting in a completely different state now and a completely different place. But um, right now I am in my studio, my home studio, and it's actually my basement um, with a little redecorating action happened. And uh, that's, that's where I am right now. That is pretty cool. Now let's, cause I'm going to mention this in the, I'm going to mention in the introduction and I'm going to see what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm reposting some interviews that I did when I started the podcast and I'll probably bring yours back because I really liked it. Cause when we talked a few years ago, well, first of all, let me ask a question. How old is, how old is Luke now? He's four. He just turned four in June. So that's how many years ago we recorded that, that, that interview because what happened the day we recorded that interview? Um, I went into labor that night. <laughs> so, and I want to, because I want to have that. If I haven't posted, if I if I haven't posted it previously for listeners, I will post it uh, within the next uh, within the next few weeks here. Because it was it was a fun conversation. Because Amy, you are a fitness instructor, and you're one of the the smartest ones I know. And in, well, in, in, in all honesty, I do say that about a lot of people, but that's why I have you on the podcast. Because I would, I would invite you. I wouldn't invite you. I wouldn't uh, want to take up my listeners' time if you didn't really have something to contribute. But what I liked about that, just to recap that conversation, was you talked about how you maintain your fitness level when you're pregnant. And and how old are you now? If you don't mind, I'm forty-four. So you're. So that means if Luke is four, you're how old when you had him? I was forty. So that's exactly what we talked about. I'm really good at math. That's another thing about me. <laughs> but you know, I mean. But the reason why I say that is because I think, you know, a lot of people have this misperception that, you, you know, when you're a little bit older and you're, and you're pregnant, you probably shouldn't exercise. And so our whole conversation was about how you maintain your high level of fitness throughout the pregnancy. And then lo mm-hmm. and behold, we get done with the interview. And next thing I know, you're posting pictures of, uh, of your baby being born. Yep. And yep. So I was that- fortunate to be active. I remember I taught, I think, three classes on a Tuesday I took a walk on a Wednesday evening with some girlfriends, and then that was it. I had the baby the next morning. I, I went to the hospital that that night. So, yeah, for me, I was very fortunate to have a healthy pregnancy and to be able to keep moving and to keep my volume of fitness pretty um, steady. I, I didn't really have to scale back. I, you know, I listened to my body, and everybody's has a different experience. We want to make sure we say that. And everybody's experience is their own. But for me, I was fortunate enough to have a really great, healthy experience and be able to stay active. So, Well, and I think that's important. How long did it take for you to kind of get your fitness back? Because I think a lot of people, too, 
are fearful. And I think a lot of people that are into fitness and exercise, a lot of women, I should say, because not men can't get pregnant. But I think a lot of women who are into, into fitness and exercise might be a little bit concerned about getting pregnant because they, they fear not being able to get their body back. And, and what was the, since I haven't had a chance to ask you about it, and before we get into what we're talking about today, sure. what was it? I mean, how did you feel in terms of getting your body back? And and by that, I really mean your, your strength, your stamina to where you felt like you just had your normal energy pre-pregnancy or, or pre-Luke. Yeah. You know, that's a great question, Pete, because I, I don't really know if I even remember that person <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from one parent to another. I, I will say at that time in my life, there were multiple changes happening from various angles. So there was a lot of stress. There was like a lot of emotion. There was a lot of just change happening in my world. Um, I, I do, I value the fact that fitness was kind of a constant. I, I had absolutely zero pressure on myself to get back to anything. Um, but I did, you know, I just always tried to be active. And for me, after I had the baby and came home, it was really important for me to like get up and take a shower every day. I have some just personal tendencies to, um, have a little bit of a history of depression. Um, and I, I don't take at one point in my life, I took medication for it and I've been able to manage it in a healthy way. Um, but I didn't want to slip back down that road, especially with extra stressors in my life. So I made it a point to get up shower every day. I had some different friends came and visited me and family and kind of helped me through the newness of motherhood. Um, uh, you know, sleeping was an issue. I I didn't, when I was cleared to work out, I started kind of amping it up a little bit and just started becoming active. I ended up moving, like literally moving from Florida to Massachusetts to be closer to family. And I kind of had some home equipment, did home workouts, um, really got back into running. I will say that's like the first thing because I moved to a new place and I wasn't really affiliated with a gym yet. So I picked up my fitness, just getting back to running. So I, I think, you know, I was very patient with myself. I was, I was not at all one of those women who was like, Oh my God, I need to look like this. And I feel like, honestly, the less you worry about it, the easier it comes. Um, well, that would you, be my piece of advice if, if I gave any. Well, and that's basically the theme of the podcast, right? Is I try to get people to understand that it's not necessarily what you look like, it's how you feel and the energy you have. And I think in my observation, you're, you, you hit the nail on the head with what you said, is the less you worry about it, the better you feel. Like if you just focus on how you feel, then everything else takes care of yourself. I mean, that's been your yeah. experience as well, right? Yeah. I, and I will say, you know, I didn't really answer the question about the energy in that, <laughs> that regard. You know, sleep with a, a child is completely different. And I'm a single mom. So like, it, it's just hard. I'm not going to lie. It's not some freaking fantasy. It's really challenging. And I think your attitude and your mindset on how you kind of embrace these challenges as opportunities for growth and just change. And instead of fighting it, kind of just going with the flow and finding the silver linings and everything has really helped me. Um, that's kind of my style when I face challenge anyways. But during that time, you know, when, when the children are little, it's, it's hard, you know, you, you're sleep deprived, you're tired, you feel like your place is a mess, you know, then you're trying to work out and then you're trying to work 
you know, and have a job or find one or whatever. And I will say Luke is four now. And still I'm like, when is the lying down at bedtime going to end? I feel like sometimes I just want to do a few things and it takes hours. So I, I mean, there's all these challenges. Um, and I think it's really important to just be in the moment and be grateful. And at those times recognize that, yeah, it's not ideal necessarily for what you want to do, but in the grand scheme of things, it's awesome that, you know, everyone's healthy and you're with your child. And these are awesome cuddly moments that I'm going to miss someday. So, all right, sorry to cut in here, but I am super excited about this. I've been planning this for a while. I'm getting ready to launch it soon. Please check down below in the show notes. Yes, I've been promoting my book, Smarter Workouts, through the podcast. But starting soon, I'm going to be doing in-home training using Smarter Workouts. I'm putting up together a six-week workout program, a six-week home exercise program, where I will be coaching you via Zoom of how to do workouts from the book, Smarter Workouts. The price is still being determined. I'm looking at pricing a little bit less than $200. So it's going to be 18 sessions over six weeks, three sessions a week. If you can't make the live session, they will be recorded. You will have access to that. What we will do is we'll go through different workouts each week, and I will teach you how to progress the workouts on your own. Think of it as about 80% of a workout group and 20% book club where you can ask questions. You can get feedback about what you want to learn about designing exercise programs. And since we'll be doing it via Zoom, I'll be coming into your house. I can help you learn how to use the exercise equipment you have much more efficiently. That's going to be the Smarter Workout Small Group Training Program coming soon via Zoom. Check below in the show notes. Go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's PeteMcCallFitness.com. Sign up for the mailing list. I will send you a chapter of Smarter Workouts, and you'll be kept up to date on the small group training programs. Hey, what a great way. You can get in shape and learn how to exercise on your own all at the same time. So all you got to do is one six-week workout program with me, I will teach you how to design exercise programs that work for you and your body. Now let's get back to the interview. Now that's one thing I always enjoy about our conversations is your, your mindset. Every time we talk and we've known each other a number of years now before, I mean, we've known each other before kids. I think we met in the spring when my first was due uh, in 2012. And and so it's been fun to see us Mm -hmm. both kind of evolve into that. And you're right. I, I have vague recollection of what, of what life was like before 2012 when, when the first, you know, when our first arrived, I was just spent the last weekend cleaning and rearranging my apartment. I was finding things. I was like, wait, this is from 29, you know, 2009. <laughs> and it's like, it's such but, a different paradigm between kids and, not, and and no kids. But one of the things I really want to speak with you about is about mindset, mm-hmm. and especially as it relates to COVID, because you're one of the people, you're one of the instructors I know, Amy, who's really rather than sit there and go, Oh, well, it was me, the fitness industry's closed, whatever. You've done something about it. So what were you doing in March? I mean, where were you working before? You know, we'll talk about a little bit before and then yeah, what happened sure. as all the closures happened. So what what were you doing, you know, before the fitness industry got turned upside down with, uh, yeah. with COVID? Well, for the past two and a half years, I um, worked for Lifetime and they have 154, I think they're up to now, fitness clubs nationwide. Wow. I didn't yeah. realize it. 
Wow. Yep, they were just opening. I th- I'm pretty sure 154 got opened and they were on the path to open more. So I was had the great opportunity to be the national program developer for them when it came to studio yoga and cycle. Uh, most of my projects had to do with main studio formats, but it, it was great. I got to do research and um, training, develop training packages and classes and train instructor and instructors and be really involved with creating education and um, embracing the challenge of how do we get hundreds of instructors to replicate the same format in a way that keeps a brand consistent and keeps the standards at a high level. So that was a, a great gig. I worked remotely from home. I traveled rather frequently, depending on what project was happening at the time. And I also would drive into Boston. I live about an hour and 15 minutes east of Boston. So I would drive into the Boston area to one of the lifetime clubs and I teach there. And over the years, it's changed from like three times a week to once a week to twice a week. Um, but pre-COVID, I was in that role and I, I was I actually wasn't teaching classes, but that's another story that we can get to in a moment that I know you want to hear about. Yeah. Um, but I, I was in that full-time role. And honestly, it like I have been, I'm a great example of collateral damage of COVID-19. So I was notified that I was going to lose my job. It was, they were terminating the position when a gym's just trying to stay afloat, right? And survive, they're not really looking at, you know, innovation. And that's the category where I fell into. So knowing that I was in the beginning, I didn't really know I was going to lose my job. And there was, it was pretty hopeful. I, I knew a lot of good people. I was well-connected, had a good reputation for doing great work. Um, So I was hopeful I'd still have that job. Pause. COVID comes. (laughs) I um, realize, all right, I'm furloughed. So I got furloughed and was able to collect unemployment under the umbrella of being furloughed under lifetime. So that that was a blessing. And during that time, because that situation, I thought to myself, in what way can I serve? Honestly, that was my thought. I know people need to work out now. We're in a, a crazy situation. People are losing their minds. It was a lot of change at once. The gyms just shut down. It wasn't like a gradual shutdown. It was just, you know, you know how it was. They just closed. So I started doing online classes. And I will tell you, some of my girlfriends who I've known since sixth grade, and they're all professionals in completely other industries like landscape architecture. My one friend and I kept having these discussions like, are you going to go live? How are you going to do it? You know, blah, blah, blah. So she really encouraged me to just do a, a Zoom class, like go for it. And I was like, you know what, what the heck? Let me, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. So lots of YouTube videos, trial and error, you know, crazy setups. I, I started doing these regularly. And frankly, I got pretty comfortable at it. And I had a, I would have anywhere from like 10 to 40 people on a class. And so it was great. People loved the fact that they could chit chat with each other and connect. Um, I, I think it was awesome. People discovered they could get great workouts at home. Some of them were in the, are, are in the best shape of their life because of COVID. So regardless of most people saying, oh, I got the COVID-19, 
I, I've got plenty of um, anecdotal reports of best shape ever COVID. So that that's really how I started getting into this digital world and this virtual world. Well, it's funny you say that because I, I reached out to another coach that, that I've done some work with, another rugby coach, uh, high school rugby coach. And we're just connecting and catching up. And he was telling me he's lost like 20 pounds because he used the opportunity. He wasn't coaching X amount of days a week. He wasn't, you know, doing travel teams and all that stuff. So he's like, dude, I had a chance to finally focus on my fitness. And he's like, I've dropped yeah. 20 pounds and, and everything. And it was just really, it was cool to hear. And I think you're right. I think this kind of pause has allowed people to catch up. And I think I mean, for, for a lot of reasons, I think people are finding that, you know, I can get a good workout. You, know, you can get a good home workout. And with that, what type of classes, so what have you created? You took the Zoom classes and what have you recently started to kind of expand your offering? Well, I, uh, during this whole time, I also had a lot of inspiration. Um, I feel like my, my perspective was during this pause, while others were complaining, I kind of felt bad about it, but I was really excited. I, I had some really great things that I wanted to dive into and spend some time working on and exploring. And now I had the time to do it, even though I still had this little four-year-old around all the time. <laughs> but um, I, I kind of dove into that and felt like, okay, I, I don't even, I can't do any work for my real job that I'm furloughed from. It's illegal. Awesome. I can spend time. Um, doing some other things. So one project that I dove into was creating a new fitness format. And that fitness format really started to become this like creation of all of these actions and mindset. I say, I don't know, mindset, perspective, all these things that I really value. And I feel like I put it together into this this fitness format. And it's not just for group. It could be, you know, one-on-one -on -one clients, small group, large group, whatever. But I started creating this program called E5 Collective. And the idea was that we would explore, hence the E, five actions that make up the whole of this experience where we can just start um, embracing life and taking on obstacles and looking at you know, the positives there. And um, I'll just share quickly, the five major parts of that class are prepare, endure, engage, push, and recover. And I just feel like those action verbs are things that we can do in every single aspect of our life to better ourselves, to bring us more joy, to um, embrace change, to facilitate growth. And so I was really able to kind of start bringing that project to life. Of course, I'm still working on it. It's not complete 100%, but it's turned into something that I was able to test out virtually throughout the past few months. And now officially, I do it all the time. But if I feel like, hey, if I can get a format to fly virtually, then it's probably going to be pretty darn good in person. So that, well, that's one of the big things. I just want to cut in there real quick, Amy, because as you say that, you talk about prepare. You, you said prepare, engage, and push, right, are three of the five. Yep. Prepare, engage, and push. Do you think, because I hadn't thought about this, but do you think people that work out, like the fitness community, people that take classes or work out on their own regularly, do you think that they're more prepared for something like COVID because of that mindset? I mean, if you wake up every morning, you make it to the gym by 530, or you plan every day to go take a class during lunchtime or after work, 
you're, you're focused and you're committed and you're looking forward to something. So you have some positive aspect. Do you think that when a challenge like COVID or any challenge pops up, mm-hmm. do you think people that have that fitness mindset are more prepared to handle that and overcome that? Well, I feel like that's a pretty loaded question, actually. Um, from one perspective, yes, they know what it's like to set a schedule and stick to something. And obviously, there's some kind of you know, dedication there where they kind of keep doing it. So they're in the routine. But sometimes I feel like those people are their worst enemy because as, as soon as something isn't right, their world is rocked. So part of this whole vision is... Can you be like that and create such resilience, not just in your body, but in how you like take on life? Can you be resilient? Can you just adapt? Can you change? You know, in fitness, I know you and I are on the same page about this. We want to build this body that's just resilient and strong from every angle and every position at every intensity, whether it's for sport play or, or life. And I feel like, can we do that with our attitudes, right? Are, are we just as resilient and adaptable with what we're willing to try? You know, this whole growth mindset. Are you just, uh, your gym closed and your your routine is shattered, so you're done? Because I, I actually came across a lot of that. Um, and I feel like the people who were open to try new things and have mm-hmm. were slightly more open-minded and, you know, willing to get a little uncomfortable are really the ones who are thriving now, both professionally and physically. Well, it's funny you say that because I get this flashback of, we know how people that, that work out regularly kind of become, it's like Groundhog Day. I, there's a, I used to work, teach at a group, fin, group fitness at a club in DC between like 2000 and 2006. And I remember I was, it was maybe 2009 or 2010 after I'd moved out of the area. Mm-hmm. I was walking back to that club like at five o'clock in the afternoon before, you know, I, I normally taught a class there on Wednesdays at 5.30 and I remember walking through it at five o'clock on a wind, like it was just a week afternoon. And I was like, oh my goodness, four years later, you know, there's that woman on the same elliptical runner. There's that dude, you know, using the same machine, the same like, half a dozen people are playing back. It was like, people get so into their habit. I, I hadn't really thought about that is you're right. Sometimes I think it can go both ways. I think yeah. sometimes you're fit, you have that perseverance. You say, well, Hey, this is just another challenge to overcome. Whereas I do think other people out there kind of get stuck in their habits. Mm-hmm. So since you've started this, and for listeners, I, I might be posting this on YouTube. I haven't decided yet. Depends on how I feel. What you can see is that Amy is in this really cool looking studio. So what have you done? So what did you do with your basement? And what you know, how did you react to that? And how did you adapt? So basically, there's a little more to the story of why I had this big chunk of time off. But um, I, I, during COVID... You know, I did three months of this virtual trial and error, and then I found out that I was going to lose my job, and I had a surgery on July 1st, so I had to take the month off. So I was like, all right, what the heck am I going to do? I, I got to get a job, and I guess I should just make one up. I do have a few side hustles, and I do consulting, and I, you know, hustle and active wear line, all this kind of stuff, but I needed some bread and butter. So... I decided to just go for it and launch a virtual studio. And basically, my vision was, okay, maybe I'd have other instructors. I don't know, but at least I could just start with myself and I could just start somewhere, right, with what I have. So I'm actually in my basement. It's an end of my basement. 
I am blessed to have a father who lives nearby, who's a retired architect and is one of those guys that can MacGyver anything up and um, like he's can do anything, right? Whether it's a car, a truck, a house, he can build it. Well, Anyways. Enjoys doing that. He enjoys. So basically you're giving him a task. You're giving, you're keeping him busy as retirement, I think. Win-wins are great, Pete. Let me just say that. So anyways, he, he, I'm the visionary and he would just help me bring it to life. So I actually um, had this end of my basement insulated and paint. This was done before COVID, but it was insulated and it was painted. Not, nothing fancy. And then one of my friends who I've known for years from my hometown was taking my virtual classes and reached out and said, hey, would you mind if I painted your logo on the back of that wall? I think it'll spice things up. So she lives about four hours away and she's like, I'll drive out, spend a couple of days. I was like, all right, make sure you, you're, you know, haven't been breathing on anybody, right? Or anything. Okay, good. Come on over. So she came over, spent a couple of days, painted a nice little like background mural on my wall. Um, so it really started to come together. I got some new kind of padded flooring and I created this space that it looks great on the camera because there's only, there's only, a, there's a couple ways to shoot it, but from this view, you can't see what's on the other half. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, but I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I will say I've reached out to some colleagues, some in common colleagues who are also doing some virtual things um, to talk about best practices and equipment, um, I, trial and error. I, I did spend some money on some tech stuff, but I, I'll say I didn't go overboard by any means. It's pretty simple. And I, I decided after researching some different platforms to be able to um, take care of scheduling and payment processing payments and things like that. I settled on one that was reasonably priced for what I needed and um, went at it. So I just created this, basically it's a virtual fitness studio. I offer, over, right now it's about 50 classes a week and they are a mixture of virtual live with me or recorded classes. And I have one other buddy of mine who's on there once a week so far, we're just trying it out. This is the first week, this is only day three, um, but it's a mixture of recorded content and live. And the cool thing is, what I think is cool is that on-demand um, allows you to get what you want when you want it, right, at the, your convenience, which is great for those people who are motivated to do that. But what I found, especially during these COVID times, is people really thrive on accountability. They want somebody to check into, in with, right? And if you can't do it in person, if no one's missing you at the club, um, that you kind of lose that, right? No one's looking for you. you it's like you, we, the girls, and you're not going to see the lady on the treadmill, right? You're not going to say hi to the guy in the parking lot. So how can I create that? So my recorded, my model is the recorded sessions are um, available for, you have to sign up for it and register like for that class, reserve your space in that class, pay for it. And then that link is available at that time and actually stays live until midnight that day, and then it's gone. And nobody can save it. Nobody can, like, steal it. It's all taken care of that way. But it's pretty cool because it gives you a way to sign up and be accountable and keep a schedule, but also allow for a little bit of, you know, life gets in the way. But, hey, I got to get it done today. So hopefully that'll, I don't know, create 
uh, fill a need for people in a way that's really not, I don't see really being done um, virtually a lot right well, now. Anyways, let me, ask, let me ask this, Amy, because I think one of the hardest parts, I know one of the hardest parts I've, I've dealt with this whole thing. And, and even though I've been doing like virtual workouts from home and virtual workshops from home is we miss as instructors, we're kind of driven. We're kind of fueled by the people that we come in contact. Right. And, and that, that we, that's one of the things that we thrive off the energy of being yeah. in a room and 20, 300 people, depending on where we are and, and what environment we're in. How, I mean, have you noticed that, that it, I mean, yes, virtual can do the same thing, but talk about that a little bit. I mean, as instructors, we thrive off that connection. We thrive off that energy from the people we teach to. I will say, you know, at every aspect in my life, I mean, I started teaching fitness when I was 17 and like you greatly announced to the world, I'm 44 in the beginning. <laughs> um, I have always had, I've always taught in some way or coached in some way. And when I'm not teaching, it's like so a part of me that I, I hate it, right? I, I just love doing it and it brings me joy. And it, it's nothing for me. It's not really, I'm not feeding off of like, Amy, I love you. It's not an ego thing. It's just, I just love doing it. Like, honestly, if I could still teach for 40 hours a week, I would, cause I love doing it. It's fun. Um, but you can't do that. So I, I would say that um, having some experience on camera and filming various fitness projects or wh whatever that has been in my life, creating DVDs. Um, I know you can relate to this too. You're, you're standing there looking at a camera half the time and you might have one or two people with you, but you're really kind of creating the energy and you're talking to no one. And so I'm, that wasn't really too much of a stretch for me. I can, I can make that happen. And knowing that I, was I am recording some content and want to really motivate and reach people in the same way I would be in a live setting has made me have to level up, right? Make, make me really aware of my cueing, of my body language, of smiling, all the things that people notice when you're recorded and, you know, they're watching you over and over again. Um, I'd say that's, that's been a great challenge because you got to hone your skills. Um, on the other side, I, I do miss a little of the live interaction, but that's one thing great about the virtual um, deal. And I've been using Zoom as a platform and it's been, I know a lot of people complain about it and say it's unreliable and I'm probably going to like jinx myself, but I've had a great experience so far. And opening the class a little bit early and people are chit-chatting. There's, I have connections from LA to Florida to Texas. I mean, New York, I have people from all over the country and some of them know each other because they tell their friends who live here. It's been, I feel like it's been amazing. I've created this community, which I feel is almost farther reaching than I had before. And it's just different but it's still just as energizing and it's just engaging. It's just a little different, you know? So I, I don't know. It's fun to hear because a friend of mine said this not too long ago that your vibe attracts your tribe. And, I, and it's not, I don't think she's the one who created that. Yeah. And I want to shift gears here because this is another reason why we're going to talk about mindset. But for Amy, for you, why, why is it so important 
that you really need to just watch. You, you said when your friend came, you were concerned about her bringing in any germs. But sure. for you particularly, what have you been through this last year that really makes you concerned about being out in the environment with with the pandemic and with the virus happening right now? Yeah. So in August of 2019, so actually we're coming up on, it's been a year and we're coming up on a year of my first treatments, but I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And basically I had kind of felt a little lump um, and it wasn't anything crazy. And I, um, having moved to a new place, you know, you always have to find a new doctor and all these things. And I had a few issues with insurance and blah, blah. I knew I had to get it looked at. And so finally I got it done um, and it was breast cancer. So I got diagnosed with it and I am so fortunate to live close to Boston and I am next near Dana-Farber and some of the, the teaching Harvard Medical School, some of the best, you know, minds in the medical world are there. So I've been fortunate to have treatment through the Dana-Farber Center. Um, and at some great hospitals in Boston. But anyways, I started chemo. I, I, I was, not everybody knows how, like breast cancer, you say breast cancer, but there's really like a billion, not a billion, but there's a lot of different kinds of breast cancer. I was diagnosed with triple positive. And so what that meant for me is I would need chemotherapy and I was able to get some, what they call immunotherapy. So it's basically targeted medication to, attack that specific type of cancer. And for me, I had a lump in my breast and I also had one lymph node that was infected. So it was invasive. Um, I was staged at, I believe it was a two, stage two. It was fairly early detected. And um, it's based on how like where it goes and how many lymph nodes are affected and if there's any other places in your body. So I had to go through the whole thing, get the whole body scan. Fortunately, it was only the lymph node in my breast. I started treatment September 13th. It was Friday the 13th. I'm one of those people that doesn't remember any dates. Like I can remember what you were wearing and like tell you about the whole situation, but I had no idea what day it was. Anyways, I do remember that date, Friday the 13th. And so I got chemo. Taxol and two other medications, and I had to go once a week. And so, um, I, you know, I tell some people this who didn't even know I was going through it because I, I just didn't announce it really. But I didn't lose my hair because there's some new stuff out now where you can actually wear a cold cap. It's called a cold cap, and it constricts the blood vessels in your scalp while you're getting chemo to kind of to not allow the drug to. Um, attack or affect the hair follicle. So of course it's only available certain places, but I did a little research and found some bootleg cooler that I could rent and use these cold caps. And my sister was, she was, it was like a, like a race car. Like, you know, when they drive into the pit and they change the tires, that's what it was like. You had to change the cap every 30 minutes. But anyway, so I didn't lose my hair and that was kind of, not that I really cared about it, but it was like one less thing to worry about. So I went through that whole situation. Then in January, I got, um, I had my first surgery. So I had a bilateral mastectomy and I had five lymph nodes removed. And I was fortunate to have the treatment that I received work so effectively that there was no evidence of disease. I had clean margins. I like, they could, 
they knew from the type of tissue that there was something there, but there was no cancer apparent at that time. So that was pre-COVID. There was some discussion about radiation. And because of my situation and just um, the specific type of cancer, when it was discovered how, what treatment I got, how many nodes were affected and the pathology of the surgery. It was kind of a gray matter whether I needed radiation or not. And I chose not to have it. Um, my breast surgeon was, she agreed with that. There was a couple other people who really couldn't say don't have it, but they were like, wink, wink, nod, nod. If it was me, I'd probably do the same. So I chose not to have radiation and I still needed to get treatments, even though the chemo was over, I, I still presently even get treatments every three weeks of this immunotherapy, and that'll go through October of this year. Um, and then in J July, I had another surgery scheduled in May, but due to COVID, it got pushed off. So in July, July 1, I had um, the rest of my reconstructive, reconstructive surgery for my breasts done, and I had to get my ovaries out. So that was, hopefully that's the end of it. <laughs> and that's why I had all this great time to envision this virtual studio for a month because July, I couldn't work out. So um, basically I spent that time planning, but it was a challenge. And um, along the way, I feel like, you know, I don't know how much more you want me to share. Well, like, I just, what I want to really kind of understand because in talking to you, like, so for listeners, there's one time when I, when I talked to you, Amy, and I didn't realize you had moved from South Florida to Massachusetts. You know, I was like, you're like, said something. I'm like, wait, what? You know, you're like, oh, I'm in, I'm in Cape Cod now. And I didn't realize that. And then I didn't realize, I, I forget when you shared with me that you're going through this. And number one, I, I feel honored that you, you felt comfortable sharing that with me. But number two, I think it kind of, you, you tend to kind of, you didn't want to publicize it, right? You, I think you're more used kind of get through that. But why, what's been your mindset? I mean, what was it like when you first heard yeah. that diagnosis? And I really, from what I know about you, every time I've talked to you, you've had just like this positive, I can do this. And you, I, I haven't heard it affect you. I haven't heard it kind of slow you down. And you started in a virtual studio the last few months it is a perfect example of that fortitude. What, what, what is it about mindset that really kind of helps you to get through a challenge like this? You know, Pete, I, I just think by nature, I am not a whiner. I, I'm just, I'm not a whiner. I, I don't do drama. I, I don't like care who's in what group or who's, you know what I mean? I, that's just not me. And it's never been me. Um, you know, I think sometimes we come from our families, like my family is a family of doers and we, we are not whiners. And, and it's not that we're not emotional or we don't get hurt or we don't cry, but we, we're not people who wallow in it. And I've never been like that. And I see strength in uh, solutions. I like, if I'm going to complain about something, I want to come to the table with a solution. And I'm the type of person that's just like, well, why, why? I probably ask why a whole bunch of times annoyingly, but like, why not? Um, I just feel like that's part of my nature. And I would say it wasn't necessarily that I decided not to share it or like I didn't want to. I just, I'm just not a big like social media, like, hey guys, guess what's going on with me? I, I don't know. I, I didn't want to put it out there like in a way that, 
I, I don't know. It's just, it's just hard for me, I guess, to share things like that. But not that I, I don't find it hard to ask for help. So I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing. But I do realize that it could inspire people. And maybe sharing my journey would inspire people. But I just feel like sometimes when you're in those situations, and maybe this was more of it, I just wanted to get the job done and take care of business. And, um, you know, I told you this, like I was running at the time and I freaking had a schedule for last fall. I, I, my goal was to finish my 20th marathon. I finally, I got accepted into Chicago and I did not get accepted into New York city marathon, but my sister did. And of course you, okay, I decided to raise money for Sloan Kettering, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Foundation, ironically enough. Um, so I, I had things on my schedule where I was like, you know what, if I feel good enough, I'm, I'm just going to do it. You know, I don't have to be the best, but I'm going to do it. And I feel like that was part of this mindset of just like, you know, I'm in charge. I'm sticking to it. I'm a doer. And maybe people might view that as like, you got to listen to your body or would you have to prove to yourself? Uh, nothing. I, I really didn't have to prove anything. Like I wanted to do it. And um, I feel like though that kind of attitude and that mindset and the willingness to just freaking take on like whatever comes at me, well, let's just go for it. I think that it's helpful. And there's a ton of research that has actually come out about cancer patients exercising. And, you know, even metaphorically, do you view your journey, your cancer situation as a journey or a battle? And all this kind of interesting stuff. But for me, it's just a matter of like, I'm not going to complain. Um, if I need help, I'll let you know. Um, I love it that people were there to support me. And there were lots of people who did. Um, and, you know, I just did it like my way. And I don't know, it, it seemed to work. So <laughs> that was good. Well, what thankfully. Advice you have, as, Amy, one of the reasons why, and I appreciate your sharing this, because I think one of the reasons why I reached out to you about this is I have, a, I have another friend, a woman I've known a number of years who's been through a couple other things. And then she got, and then she got breast cancer. And so, you know, she's, she's about the same age as us. And I have to imagine that there are other people in their late 30s, mid 40s, you know, early 50s that are dealing dealing with this, whether it's themselves or a loved one or, or yeah, a relative. Sure. Yeah. How do you what advice would you have for somebody that all of a sudden they get that type of diagnosis? Well, I think it's weird to think about like, first of all, when I got the diagnosis, I this just cracked me up. But my brother, who's a little younger than me, a few years, he's like, oh great. Now all these overweight people are going to be like, ah, it doesn't even matter. Even Amy can get cancer, right? And I, I was, we laughed about it, but it is this feeling like I have been, I've led a healthy lifestyle my entire life. I have never like, I mean, I'm balanced, but you know, I never smoked. I'm not like into drugs. I'm just not, it's not me. I, you know, I didn't sit in a tanning bed for hours. I mean, I'm pretty healthy. So there wasn't anything like a good reason why I got it. I, I was tested for the gene. I don't have it. I do have a little bit of a family history, but not the kind that would make me more prone to it. So, you know, it's kind of like, man, I was doing everything right and this still happened to me. Okay, well, guess what? Bad things happen sometimes and you just deal with it the best you can. And I think when 
I, I would say you ask for advice or words of wisdom. You know, I think you cannot, you, you can't wallow in it. And you really, I mean, it might sound cliche, but you've got to find the opportunity within the difficulty. And you really have to seek out what you can do and focus on that versus focusing on what you can't do. And the power of the mind is insane. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I remember this from a Johnny G, Johnny Goldberg (laughs) days. uh, um, How far back are we going in time? Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting, Jody Goldberg is fighting her own cancer battle now, and we've actually connected about it. Um, But he always said, you know, the body will follow the mind. And I almost, I really believe that. Like, I mean, I know there's probably people out there who have been so positive and they've still not had great outcomes. And, you know, there's always a chance that I won't have that as well. But, you know, I, I think you've got to just embrace the power of being positive, of, of not like letting things happen to you, but creating moments. And, and I think that that's life too, right? Do we just sit back and like let life happen? Or are we just going to create things? Let, let's create a virtual studio. Let's create a podcast, right? Let's make it happen. Um, what, what are we going to do about it? What action can I take, right? What actions can I take? Can I prepare? Can I endure? Can I engage? Can I push myself? Do I need recovery? What actions can I take to, you know, make my life better um, as well, opposed to just submitting, well, in thinking about it, you, you designed your, your E5 program, you created, you started doing virtual classes. So in, in essence, you're sitting there, you're giving yourself things to focus on, meaning that, you know, by focusing on creating the manual, by focusing on creating the, the classroom that you did, you're, you're so busy being caught up in the moment that you really don't have time to, to, to deal with other things. Has that been one that, you know, that's what I'm seeing just from, you know, being a, a, an outside observer of you yeah. describing. Is that been, is that been a big part of it of of like, Hey, you know, just keeping yourself busy and just giving yourself other things to focus on. I, you know, I do. I I think that is absolutely true. And I'm going to say this and I hope it doesn't offend anybody, but I would actually go to chemo and be like, awesome nap time. Like (laughs) I seriously, I mean, I did not, there are parts of it that are not happy and there are not comfortable and there's a plenty of side effects that are not enjoyable. And I had a host of them, but I did look at it as a time to where like, man, I can get, I can sit down and take a nap with like no judgment of myself, even though I should be able to do that anyways. But by nature, you know, I, I just will say that I'm a doer and I do think that being busy, being busy, doing good things, serving others, helping others, like, you know, even at times when we have things to complain about, if we can, whether it's just giving back to people or, I mean, that's where you're going to find your joy. And I do feel like, you know, that's, that's probably did help me to answer your question. Yeah. Being busy, keeping my mind filled with good things. Um, I, I'm not really good at like not doing anything, whether I, I baked a lot, I, you know, I try to sit down, I sit down a lot, you know, but I'm not somebody that like binge watches Netflix. That's just not my nature. I, I, for whatever, judge it for what it is, but maybe there's something wrong with me innately, but it's just not who I am. Um, but I do think, I do think being busy 
in good works and being positive and, you know, and having faith too. And, um, just finding those, you know, silver linings and opportunities for good things to happen is very, very helpful. And it's key. I think that, and that's exactly why I want to speak with you, Amy. And when we spoke up, when we talked about this and we're setting up the, setting up this time to interview, I really, you know, just knowing you and knowing your mindset, I know that your message can help encourage somebody out there that might be going through this. And then how important is it? I know that if somebody's dealing with cancer, they can, you, you talk about, there's a lot more research about cancer and exercise. And I'm not gonna wrap up with this because you stayed, you've stayed relatively active. Like after you've had one or two surgeries, I know you've, you, you took the month of July off as you mentioned, but how important has it been for you to kind of maintain some semblance of an exercise schedule and, and what type of exercise is suggested? What can you, well, let me ask you this. I mean, what can you share about like your experience with exercise while going through and, and, and dealing with cancer? Well, during the chemo treatment, I, I mean, I trained, I ran two marathons on chemo and I asked my oncologist, they, they were like, are you crazy? I mean, I guess so. I, I guess there's no reason why you can't. And I remember one of my, one of the doctors was like, is this creepy? But I just like followed you in Chicago marathon. I was like, yeah, it's a little, but it was just funny, (laughs) but they were like kind of enthralled too. Um, But you know, it wasn't about like trying to be somebody great. It was really just about like the fact that I felt good enough and I'm not going to lie. I, I was tired. I, it freaking kicks your butt cancer and the treatment does. And I mean, I had major GI issues. Um, I never went to the bathroom more times in those marathons. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, but there were a lot of things that happened to you, but I, you know, I tried to, I still taught my classes. I, I taught locally and I taught at the lifetime in Boston and I shared with people, Hey, I've been getting a few subs, but this is what I'm going through. And I'm going to keep it going. I'm wearing a hat because I'm doing this thing. I can't wash my hair a lot. And I had to explain some things. And they were like, so they were inspired that I kept going. And people would tell me like, I feel lazy. And then I realized like, Amy's going through cancer. I have to get to class. So it's kind of funny, but I know it helped people. Um, So it did help me with a routine. It did. I, I didn't like say, oh my gosh, I can't do anything now. I just kept doing my thing. And added this one more of like fighting cancer project to my to-do list. And that's basically what it was. And I am very grateful. I had an amazingly supportive family who helped me take care of Luke. And, you know, my mom's a retired nurse. I have the best like parents with the best (laughs) retired jobs. She's a retired nurse who likes to know everything too. So um, that was very helpful. So I I did stick to my routine. And I, I think that's really important. But I do want to say everybody does have a different experience. Um, I think it's really important to honor how your body feels. There were days that I didn't feel great. And I was like, you know what? I've got a 15-mile run on the books. And it's freaking going to suck. But I'm just going to like walk a little and whatever. And I didn't beat myself up about performance by any means. I just did what I could. Um, And also, I do want to say this, Pete, too, is that I feel like, you know, sometimes people say, wow, uh, oh, a healthy person, they can get this too. So who cares? What's the difference about why should you even bother taking care of yourself? But I feel like that's probably why 
or a big reason or a big part of how I was able to take on this challenge because I had a great base. You know, I, I was fit. I was nutritionally sound. I was, I, it wasn't as hard for me to move because I was already moving. It wasn't, you know, like my mindset was like, bring it. So I didn't have to like create a new one. It was already there. And I just took everything that I was already doing and just said, okay, new project, breast cancer. Let's take it on. What are we going to do? And it seems kind of funny, I guess, to say it that way. But I think that's really what happened now that I look at it and think about it is I had this base. I had this routine. I had these good habits. And I just kind of took it over to this other project. And I feel like my body did. I mean, it was a fight. I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of discomfort and pain and being tired and all of that. There was. And maybe I shouldn't have run the marathons, but I wanted to. (laughs) And, you know, maybe that I'm sure I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't already have this level of fitness, basically, and health. And, And I think, but I think that's critical, right? Is I think, you know, it comes back to your earlier point about why do we do fitness? Why do we focus on this? Is because we know that, that, that being fit, having good health means that our, we, we have, we are more prepared for what comes out of, you know, just like your E5 program. Prepare. Yeah. Well, no, that's, but that's just it. You know, that's yeah. why it, it comes back to it. And we, we tie it in because it, it allows you, it gives you that ability to say, Hey, you know what, this might be tough. It might be arduous, but I can run a marathon. I can lift 300 pounds. I can do this. I know I can get to, if, if you have the fortitude to run a marathon in the first place, then you can tap into that and be able to say, Hey, I can get through this. And I love the way that you're talking about taking it on as another project. And now yeah. for this, I'm going to pause here real quick. And now for listeners, if you are looking for online programming, doesn't it sound like somebody that you want to take classes? <laughs> doesn't that sound like somebody you want to take classes with, right? Somebody who's, who's not going to sit around and, and, and sit there and go, Oh my goodness. And instead, says, hey, this is what life's handed me. I got to roll up my sleeves and, and do something with it. So with that said, I need to wrap it up here because I think we both, got a, we both got things on our schedule. How can people get more information about, about your workouts and kind of follow along? Because one of the things, I will say this, I mean, we're recording this on a Wednesday. I love your workout Wednesdays. I love what you post. You always give me great ideas. And that's, that's one of the reasons why it's always fun to connect with you because seeing what you do, I'm, I'm very, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm like linear loaded. You know, I, I see something heavy, I pick it up and it's fun to see some of the stuff, some of the, what you create and what you come up with. Yeah, how can people, you. if people want a little inspiration, if people want a little motivation or just some different ideas, how can they connect with you and how can they find out about your virtual studio? Well, my website is amynicotera.com. It's A-I-M-E-E. N-I-C-O-T-E-R-A.com. And on my website, you'll find everything. You'll find a tab for virtual studio. You can check out my schedule. You can go shopping. I'm a rep for Zaya Activewear. You can find out what beauty counter products I use. You can buy those. Um, I was was sitting there going, oh my God, your skin looks amazing. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Since I'm 44 and going to be 45 in a few months. Um, but yeah, check, check it out. Um, my website has a ton of information and there is a contact page on there. So if you want to reach out to me, feel free. I'm happy to help and meet you where you are. Please join and how, me. And how about Instagram? How can people, cause I know you like, you put a yep. lot of stuff on IG. So what, how can people find your Instagram tag? My handle is just Amy Nicotera, my name. And same on Facebook, just Amy Nicotera and Amy Nicotera Fitness. One thing to remember, just my name. 
All right. Now, and for listeners, I'll have all that below in the show notes. That way, if you want to, and I mean this, Amy, I mean, you really are an inspiration. Thank and you. I, you're one of the leaders in our industry. I know that. You know I know that about you. And I really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you on this format so you can share your message and really, and let other people know that it's not what happens to you in life. It's really just, it's how you respond and how you adapt. And, and we all have a choice, right? We can either let it kick, kick us in the butt or we put on, you know, put on our big kid pants and we say, hey, I'm going to take this in hand and, and take on this challenge. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and to leave you with anything, I think like that's a great thought. And also just, you know, minimal drama. We don't need it in, in, in every kind of way, whether it's how we get along with people, whether it's politics, whether it's whatever it is, minimal drama, you know, find your passion, like do something positive with it. Um, find, find the good and go for it and, and help other people serve other people, like send a great message. Um, I think, you know, that's going to help you with whatever challenges you face. I couldn't say it any better. Well, Amy, thank you so much. I appreciate it. For listeners, all of our contact information will be down below. If you want a great option for virtual classes, I really highly recommend, you know, one of my favorite people in the industry. And, and yes, I say that about a lot of the guests, but in all, I mean, you know, I mean, our, our friendship. But now you really mean it? Now you really now, now, mean it, right? Now, now everybody, yeah, else yeah. Just, everybody else is just making them feel a little bit better. But with you, Amy, okay, okay. Really, but, <laughs> yeah, our friendship goes back. So obviously, I'm going to give you a big virtual fist bump. Boom. Huh. That way, our elbow bump or just from the Corona distance. elbow. Corona elbow. Hey, we'll, we'll do that. All right. Well, Amy, so much. I thank you so much. And I look forward to catching up with you before too long. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Pete. So back in 2016, when I interviewed Amy, and again, the whole reason why I wanted to interview Amy is because she stayed fit. I know she trained for marathons and she really, she stayed very active throughout their pregnancy and she was 40 years old. And she stayed extremely fit. And what was funny is I remember recording that interview and then I'm checking Facebook like a day later and boom, she's sitting there with her son, Luke. I'm like, I text her, I gave her a couple of days and I text her and she said, yep, within hours of finishing our podcast, I went into labor and that's when her son arrived. So this really was, we, we've talked since then. We've obviously stayed in touch since then, but we hadn't recorded an interview and it was, it was fun to reminisce about that. And it really is. That was a fun interview because Amy has her master's degree in health and she knows her stuff when it comes to exercise. And what we do is we talk about how she stayed in shape during her pregnancy, the benefits of staying in shape during pregnancy, especially if you're a little bit older, if you're 40 years old. And I had my first daughter when I was 40. Of course, I wasn't the one that carried her. My, my ex-wife did that. And my ex-wife was 39 when my, my daughter was born. 39 or 38? My ex-wife was 38. Sorry about that. My ex-wife was 38 when my daughter was born. Having worked in health clubs for years, I really think a lot of women out there who are into exercise or into fitness want to have kids, but they're worried about how having a kid is going to impact their ability to exercise. And that's what Amy and I talk about in that conversation. For this episode, I really want to have a conversation with Amy about breast cancer. Because as I said, Amy's not the only friend who I know who's gone through this. I have another friend who has dealt with a couple blows the last year, and one of them being breast cancer and having to go through breast cancer. And I'm sure there are many of you out there who have family members or friends, or not only are we dealing with a nasty coronavirus, but we also have to deal with the regular stuff like cancer and other health issues too. And one of the things I really wanted you to hear about from Amy was how not to let it get you down, how to keep that positive mindset. 
that's, that's one thing. Every time Amy and I talk, we talk once, maybe twice a month, just to connect, compare notes. And I do some editing on her stuff. She does some editing on my stuff. And it really, I am always blown away because sometimes I, I didn't, well, I didn't know anything was wrong with her until at one point she told me, hey, I'm really tired now and I'm just, I'm feeling it. And I was like, well, what's going on? And, and she told me. So she's not one of these people that gets, likes to look for sympathy. She has that can-do, will-get-through-this attitude. And I really respect. And that's why also, too, I wanted to introduce you to Amy because she's taking that attitude and rather than sit around and watch the fitness industry collapse on itself, she started her own fitness studio. I'm going to have her website down below. I really, I highly recommend it. Amy is one of the more creative programmers. What we really didn't talk about is Amy created the Spartan Group Fitness Program. If you've seen Spartan Strong, Amy was one of the creators of that. Well, was the primary creator for that. And, and that's what I mean. When, when she works on something like that, I give her a peer review. I look over her manual, give her some feedback. And she's done the same thing for me. I, I really respect her opinion. I really respect her approach to exercise program design. If you want to learn more about exercise program design, if you want to learn how to design the workouts that work for you, then pick up a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. There's information down below in the show notes. I know there are plenty of places to buy books online. But if you buy from those big online retailers, guess what? The authors don't make that much money. If you want to learn about exercise and you want to support the podcast, you can buy it from the publisher, Human Kinetics. That's the link down below in the show notes. I also have my other content down there. I have a lot of great information down there to help you stay fit. If you go to my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com, if you go to PeteMcCallFitness.com and sign up for my mailing list, I'll send you a chapter to Smarter Workouts, and I'll also send you one of the workouts so you can try it before you buy it. Hey, if you don't want to do that, but if you still want to learn more information, go to my All About Fitness Podcast YouTube channel. I put a lot of content up on that. I'm trying to be consistent about it. I'm trying to show you workouts. I'm putting lectures on there. I've done some lectures this summer for various friends and for various organizations. I've done webinars, snippets of those lectures are up there. I have a lecture on my All About Fitness podcast YouTube channel about how high-intensity exercise slows down the aging process. If you want to learn more about exercise, I got you covered. You got the podcast. You have my book. You have the content I'm writing, the eBooks. You have the All About Podcast YouTube channel. You have the blogs I write for American Council on Exercise. You have my Instagram. Man, I got you covered. So with that, as always, thanks for stopping by. I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.